Welcome to the Poindexter's Point Podcast, where we talk about movies, games, science, and nerd culture. I am Matt, your host. With me, as always, is Ronnie. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on, man? You know, living the dream. This is true. This is true. Life is good. (laughs) Yeah, life's not too bad. We're waiting for the COVID crisis to probably end. I have a question for you. Are you going to get vaccinated? I may be required to get vaccinated. They could test your antibodies. Oh, that would be interesting. Hmm. Right? So then they could see if you need it or not. All right. It is possible I have had it. Back in January, a bunch of my coworkers came down with what was the doctors called a condition that affects the lungs, but they didn't know what it was. <laughs> so that ran through a bunch of my coworkers way back then. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like my friend's whole family. The doctor's like, I don't know what it is. Weird. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll start off our our shindig here with the nerd news. So my nerd news story of the week that I that caught my eye was the thought that we may have a twin star. We may actually be a a by bi, uh, a binary system, or at least we may have been in the distance in the distant past. But there is some indications that scientists, not me, scientists have that there is some large object out in the Oort cloud that is influencing our gravitational, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but the uh, it influences the solar system as a whole gravitationally, and it is somewhat large. They think it's maybe planet-sized, Neptune-sized, or maybe even bigger, depending on what it is. There was another article that I read about, uh, like, base, they're like red red dwarf suns or failed stars that are 10 times the size of Jupiter that maybe we have one of those in a highly elliptical orbit or way, way out beyond the Oort cloud. And I thought... Super far, but still can influence us. Yep. And the thing is, and why they think this, is how the Oort cloud and the planets are kind of formed together. Not only are single stars actually not the norm, but on top of that, Everything is kind of clustered together in uniform bands, and they don't think that that is normal without an additional mass for the solar system. So hmm. they think there's something else big out there. Maybe Nibiru or uh, Planet X someday will come and destroy us all. Yeah, I mean, we're always learning more, right? Yep. I, Turns out we just have a small sample size, so we keep trying to figure it out. My favorite quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson is the thought of human understanding or uh, knowledge as it, it's a sphere of knowledge. And as that sphere grows, the circumference and surface area on that sphere is the unknown. So, so does uh. our unknown questions i like it so as as our knowledge expands the questions actually expand as well yeah that's a that's a good analogy actually because i always tell people like we don't know shit and the more we figure out the more we know we don't know shit Yep, pretty much yeah so for my news a university in china has developed an inexpensive way to detect wildfires 
generally, our detection methods really rely on human watchfulness, just us paying attention. And once we find a fire, usually it's too late. So these guys figured out how to put a ionic liquid, they call it molten salts. Okay, so they put these ionic liquids in a piece of paper. And when it gets really hot fast, it causes the, those liquids to migrate, and we, or it causes the electrons to migrate inside the liquids, which then powers an electrode, which sends a signal to a wireless receiver nearby and lets them know that there's a fire starting. Pretty incredible. That's awesome. And it costs like 40 cents. That's freaking cheap. awesome. So that helps poor countries. Yeah. Pretty good. I had read somewhere that the United States has more natural disasters than almost any other country in the world. We have we have a wide variety. Yeah. We also have one of the most diverse, uh, I don't even know what to call it, biospheres or our biodiversity or our climate diversity is very, yeah, very Yeah, I mean, high. we cover a large, yeah. a large span, especially if you count like Alaska and Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, today we are going to talk about longevity research and cue the cool Highlander music. Do you want to live forever? Kind of. Kind of. All right. Well, it's hard to tell. Well, let's start off with that question. And maybe we'll, in, or maybe we'll end with that question. You know what? Let's, let's, yeah, end, let's end with that question. I agree. All right. So today we're going to talk about longevity research and basically what we're doing overall to increase how long we live and uh what sort of research and knowledge have we gained over the over the years what i wanted to start off with was some of the stuff that we've had in our past some of it's not really it's it's uh pretty some some pretty bad shit pardon my french we also have had some interesting scientific efforts in some that has come from some of that bad shit, but uh, like breeding programs. I am only going to touch on a little bit of the breeding programs for humans because most of it is uh, not, it's very bad, and I do not endorse some of the shit some of the people in the past have done because it's not, uh, it's not the American way, it's not the American dream. So some of that stuff was done under the Nazis, unfortunately, and uh, some of it was done under uh, the Soviet Union and some of their authoritarian regimes. But from a breeding breeding program standpoint, what I like to think about is some of the insect research that has been done. So a couple of years ago, I read an article and I watched a whole thing about how they increased a fruit fly's lifespan by like a thousand percent. So if you were to increase my age by a thousand percent, that means I could live maybe seven or 800 years. So they did this because fruit flies have very quick generations. So they could do stuff from a breeding standpoint that uh, you don't, you're not able to do with other species because they have so they they have quick generations. So you're talking about matters of weeks between generations, whereas we're around 
10 years is that is that around what humans are at right now or that's the considered norm is about 10 years per generation yeah i think so so they one of the things that i was interested in was they would make it so that the females bred later and because of that act the females had to live longer over time and through those generations and they would eventually their their life expectancy just increased over time and i thought that was interesting not anything that we could ever see in our lifetimes and not anything that in a free society like the us uh we would ever see people <laughs> no you can't breed for another 15 years because in a thousand years we're going to be able to live longer <laughs> but yeah no one's going to no care. one gives a flying f about that but I thought it was interesting because when you do that kind of thing, you lead into like uh, identifying genetic code markers for what causes you to live longer. And uh, part of that, and I don't know everything about this, obviously, as we have stated before, I'm a nerd, not a scientist is these things called telomeres. Have you ever heard of this? Mm, it sounds familiar. You can remind so me. So it is the ends of your genetic code have these strands that basically keep the, the code together, and they right. slowly go away over time as your cells duplicate. And they think that those are integral integral to how you age and your aging ability. Like me getting a little bit of gray hair in my beard right now, that is because my telomeres are getting shorter. Huh. Interesting. So uh, I don't know, and I didn't look too far into like genetics as far as longevity is concerned. What, what did you find for genetics? For genetics... They're not really 100% sure what is causing it, like you're saying. I mean, they're still looking. Like, humans have found, like, proteins and other other things that we share in common with animals, like you were saying. I mean, just using the fruit flies to try and figure out a, a, a method to figure out how to extend life you want to use on a shorter lifespan being. So there's like a growth differentiation factor thing that's, uh, it's a protein that exists in humans and mice and stuff. Humans and mice and rats. And it is identical in both of us. And they have found that it's a protein that has pro-neurogenic, pro, it's, it's a weird word, angiogenic, but it's basically it's talking about blood vessels being formed, like new blood vessels keeping blood flowing to your body parts, which is important. Uh, and then, like your your central nervous system, how it works and keeping patterning going, and they they've called it the rejuvenation factor, and they've been working on this for about seven years. But it's interesting that it exists in mice and humans, and it's the exact same protein; it's not different. Oh, so they've Whoa. they've actually take yeah they've actually taken proteins from a young mice or a young mouse, and they injected it into a older mouse. Who has like an obviously an older heart, right? The walls thicken on a heart. It works. It works less. Less blood flow, and almost immediately upon injecting them, the walls of the heart 
thinned out, and the heart started working like a young heart again. Whoa. Almost instantly. It's freaking crazy. And the same has gone for uh, skeletal musculature, uh, brain aging. They've been able to use it to cause their, their brains to youthen again. So this stuff's pretty exciting. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, just on the genetic side and on just these proteins and things that your body produces, how do you keep that going? How do you produce it naturally, right? And, and think about... Without having to inject and, it. And think about, like, the other half of that. Why bother curing a degenerative disease like Alzheimer's or dementia when you could just make your brain younger again and then you don't have to worry about it? Right, exactly. And it, it's... Create the body is so complex. There's so many different ways, and then with with genes, I mean, they've developed gene editing tools. If they can figure out what genes do what, there's a a gene editing tool. It's called CRISPR, and it stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. But it's based on polykaryotes, like it's based on bacteria. And what they do is capture snippets of DNA from invading viruses, chop them up. And they use it, and they're like, okay, I got a reference. So then the next time a virus shows up, it's like, nope, I know who you are, and it knows how to take it down like immediately. We have a gene editing tool based on that. It acts like scissors. So you're able to chop part of the DNA strand, or the genes, you're, you're able to like chop out pieces, and then you're, you can substitute your own whatever you want to go there instead. Really promising. They're using it currently in like... Cystic fibrosis, hemophilia, sickle cell disease, um, or complex diseases like cancer, heart disease, mental illness, just tons of stuff. Whoa. And as we get better and better at it, they're just going to, and they figure out what exactly is causing aging. Maybe they figure out how to, you know, increase the pieces at the ends of our DNA strands that you were talking about. I can't remember what you called them, but. um, Telomeres. Telomeres, yeah. It's just, as we, as our technology increases, especially over the next. 20 or 30 years, who knows where we're going to go. That's awesome. So, all right, before we start getting into like where we're, where we may go in the future, you had something to say about the fountain of youth, the search for El Dorado in, well, it's just humans have been looking to live for, for at least a long time since, I mean, we can remember, right? The Fountain of Youth, Ponce de Leon, that's what, from like the 1500s? Yeah. And that's like the big story, right? It, it's sensationalized even back then. And there is no real data to suggest that he ever found it. Or that uh, where they say it is, which is St. Augustine, Florida, that it was there, right? But there's a Fountain of Youth in St. Augustine. And you can go there and check it out. I think they just kind of self-declared themselves because supposedly he landed in Florida. I think there was a festival for flowers or something like that. So when he showed up, he called it De Flora. And that's why it ended up being Florida in the long run. But it, I mean, it goes to show that people, we've been trying to extend our lives for hundreds of years, thousands of years. And uh, I mean, we've actually been pretty successful. So like the current life expectancy is 72.6 years. That's an that's the average life expectancy, and obviously the wealthier countries are going to be on the higher end of that spectrum. But over the last 200 years, we've just steadily increased the length of life on Earth with medical and technological advances, uh, just comfort, right? 
being indoors, air conditioning. I mean, in major cities, when you lose air conditioning, older generations die, right? Because they're not able to stay cool as easily. And when you lose power, that's why stable power grids are so important. I mean, it happened in Seattle a couple of years ago. We had a, a heat wave and the power system wasn't able to keep up. A lot of them lost the ability to use air conditioning and that was it. Grids are old, especially on the East Coast, and we never update them. So that stuff has to change. Out of sight, out of mind sometimes. I know. Well, it's all about money. Yeah. You know what? It costs a lot of money to okay, repair. This is a little bit of a side side hustle here. So I've come to the conclusion that when I decide to buy a house, I'm going to build my own house. And it is going to be, quote, unquote, this should come as no surprise to anyone, a Tesla house. It's going to have a fucking Tesla yeah. roof. It's going to have a fucking Tesla uh, power grid. And it's going to have a fucking Tesla car. Because then I don't have to worry about no grid. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, because you can have a couple batteries and use the solar and power, roof, and you're roofs, good to go. Roof, roof are expensive. Well, if I if I build a house with that in mind, it's less expensive. It's true. So that was that was my my side hustle there. I like it. So where our lives are getting longer and longer, when do you think we're going to get to that critical point where? we actually start significantly increasing our lifespan? Or do you think it's going to be gradual over the next thousand years? And do you think it's it's an asthmatope or do you think it's exponential? I think the gradual part, we're nearing the end of that. The oldest recorded person is 122 years, 164 days. That's old as hell. Her name is Jean Calment, or Jean Calment? Maybe it was a guy. I don't know. Uh, but... I feel like it was a woman. She lived in France. We're at a point where we're doing gene editing. We've done the gradual part. And like you were talking with the flies, where you just slowly over time increase the lifespan of the species. Well, if we're able to just go in and manipulate genes and put in what we want, we're probably reaching the exponential part, where all of a sudden we're going to have giant leaps in lifespans. And that has its own pre repercussions. and. Actually, no, we'll talk about that later. We're going to reach the exponential point very fast. Some people think 2050, you can make it to there, you're going to live forever. From a from an age standpoint, you're going to live forever. Traumatic injuries, who knows? Uh, and maybe with nanotechnology, traumatic injuries also become a thing of the past. I think it'll be resources then at that point. Anyway, we can, we can talk about that later if we... Um, so... You nanotech. I joke at work on this podcast with my wife, with my family and friends about downloading myself into a robot body. I uh I joke even though I'm serious because I'm a giant dork. But when do you think that will actually happen? Do you think that will actually happen? Is that one avenue of immortality that we maybe eventually will go down? Or do you think that the actual immortality is going to be on the physical side, physical nature, or either? Will it be either, maybe? I Honestly, I think I could. it could be either. So what if we don't come up with a way to stop traumatic injuries 
from just ending life. Oh, before we before we go on there, traumatic injuries. So, 3D printers, dude. Yeah. Okay. You could lose an this arm. This is actually the coolest new shit right, right now, in my opinion, in, in biotech, is 3D printing organs. Yeah, and they're doing it. You you don't need to worry about a donor. You don't need to worry about the any sort of rejection because it's your own shit. It's your own stuff. It's your own genetic material. Yeah, it's your own. Yeah, it's your own flesh. Effectively. It's just remade, essentially. I I think that that from a short term standpoint, outside of everything else that we talk about here, short term standpoint, I think that is the coolest thing ever is 3D printed organs. You lose an arm, you're getting 70 and your heart's slowly dying. My uncle died because his liver stopped working. My grandfather died because his liver stopped working. Like, what if you could just print up another one? Yeah. I mean, they've done it, right? Last year, they made a human heart with human tissue, blood vessels. Yeah. 2019. That's amazing. To, in, from a short-term standpoint, that that's amazing. But downloading, that's like the ultimate in my eyes. Yeah. And so when it comes to like both, right? Like if you, So what if we, in the long term, become so worried about traumatic injuries that we just decide a robot body is the safest? There's a movie based off that. Which movie? It's uh, with Bruce Willis. Oh. That's the one. Oh yeah, so they like just stick themselves in a machine in their room, right? Maybe yeah, they don't like I've download themselves, but they have extension. They're almost like prosthesis, like yeah, they transmit into a yeah. different body, right? And I'm and so you could basically have a network of of robot bodies all over the world, and if you want to go to Iceland, you just upload into the cloud, download into a robot in Iceland. And you go and check out Iceland. You want to go to China? Cool. You upload again. You download in China. Done. You don't ever have to travel. That's Easy. crazy. It'd be like running a bicycle. Except you're running a body. What is time, though, to someone... Like, let, let's, let's just project a little bit. So if you become digital and we're able to keep that digital information, uh, I'll, I'll say indefinite, or... If we're able to biologically extend our lives indefinitely, how do we keep all of our memories? How do we keep all of our sense of self? Because, uh, you know, there's the old adage, or, you know, I fucking can't say it. It's the old saying, uh, nurture versus nature, right? Well, a lot of that yep. is memory. So, yep. How do we keep ourselves being ourselves? And everyone changes over time, but how do, how do we actually progress if we become digital? If we become physical, like, don't we slowly lose ourselves over time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the older you get, the harder it is to remember your childhood mm-hmm. memories. What if you live thousands of years, you might forget your parents. You might forget your kids. You could lose memories of everything that caused you to be who you are. Who you are a thousand years from now could be completely different from the person you were and you wouldn't even know the difference. This is why I like stuff like Neuralink, the idea of cybernetics overall. Not only do, I don't know about you, but I want to have a cybernetic arm 
that's stronger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why? Because I think that would be fucking awesome. But on the flip side of that, I also would love to have a cybernetic like implant that makes it so that it processes fat cells faster than my would naturally, so that I don't have to worry about my weight, and that keeps me at an optimal weight and physical level. Uh, and you might have more energy, and, right? Because you're processing your fat, exactly. your body fat, that's energy. Oh, you know, there's all sorts of things that cybernetics give us. One of those things could be the 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 ability to cybernetically keep memories for longer and and be able to store more information. So there's there's some number and I really forget off the top of my head of what they think the potential storage of memory is for a brain on average. It's a lot. We're approaching those storage levels easily within within physical media right now with with solid state drives so things like neuralink and other cybernetics it we would almost become more dependent on technology to keep our sense of selves as we progress into immortality but getting back to my original point what's time why would we even need to download into a body that's in iceland we could just walk there because time is time is meaningless as you would get more of it it just depends on if you want to experience that yeah. time do you want to walk there are you interested if you're in a robot body you could walk across the bottom of the ocean <laughs> all the way till you got there if you wanted to but if you don't want to well you can just boop, boop, and be there it depends on how instant gratification still matters if you live thousands of yeah. years yeah do you think we would lose let me rephrase that because I think I know the answer already. Do you think we would lose the ability to interact with other humans if we become immortal? Because then we are we're already a selfish species, then we become even more selfish. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it all depends on like if you're Uploading and downloading into robot bodies, if it really captures all of our drives, if it, if it captures who you are entirely, then I think you'll still want to interact. But if it's like a distilled version of you, then maybe not, right? Because if, if you're still capturing all your sexual drives, right, you're going to still want to get it mm -hmm. on. But you could also, if you're like uploading the cloud, just get it on with a program. So who knows? Interesting. There are not very many people that I've met that when I ask them and they give me an honest answer, honestly say that they want to live forever. I put it out there right now. I want to live forever. I literally feel like the, the grinding of eons would be fascinating to watch the world, the universe change around me over time would be the greatest, I'll call it gift, the greatest gift to me, me, Matt, myself, ever. I'll be the first person to download into a body if given the opportunity. I'll be the first one to sign up to extend my telomeres given the opportunity. The question is, I get currently that you want to live forever, but would you watch every moment or would you time skip? Time becomes meaningless when it's when you're immortal. Yep, but you might get bored. But time is meaningless. So, so the that that question whether you would watch every moment go by or not, 
is meaningless because time becomes meaningless at that point. My my thing is, would you get impatient? If I was going at sublight speed between here and Alpha Centauri, you bet your ass I would get impatient. I mean, just here. Maybe you got you're just like bored watching society grind mm-hmm. on. Or what what if we put ourselves in a situation where we just like most of the world just uploads into a cloud and that'd be interesting. The, there's some a- there's some cool y- animes based on that. Yeah, there it's because that is a possibility. There, there, it is possible that we come across a planet someday, and like the entire society is just like put themselves into a server in the core of the planet to protect themselves because they're going to go extinct, and they're just like, well, I guess we're just going to upload into the matrix. Yeah, done. What if? Everyone's picking different avenues, and you end up being on a drastically reduced populated planet. Or maybe we just overpopulate so much that that's impossible. And you just get bored. And you're like, well, I'm just going to sleep for a couple hundred years and kind of see where it goes. There's that. I I am not... So I talk about downloading into a robot body, but I don't think for significant amounts of time... I would want to live in digital space. I think there's, just like we talked earlier with the quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson, that expanding sphere doesn't end. And I am curious. I wish that I could say that I am a scientist, but I made different life decisions, so I'm, I'm not set up to become that quote-unquote science scientist. Well, if I live forever, then... I could totally devote myself to increasing that sphere of knowledge. And so I would I would be more prone to be the physical side and probably less prone to time skip because of that. Yeah, it's funny because I actually was reading a discussion where they talked about creating a virtual universe, but on a universal scale. Like, you know how big our universe is. Well, just, it's impossibly big, right? And then creating a server that basically recreated that and putting humans inside of it. And in order to do it, they would create something like a Dyson sphere or some superstructure around the sun to get enough power to to basically run a server that makes a virtual reality universe. In physics, uh, I don't know if this is currently, but this is my limited uh, knowledge of physics. Physics can't currently tell you whether we're in a simulated universe right now or not. I've heard it, that. Yeah. It diverges. It's it's a 50-50 shot in physics right now with our current knowledge and my, my layman's current understanding of physics, whether we're in a digital universe or not. So maybe it's already happened. And from a the re one of the reasons that from it's like uh it's kind of like schrodinger's cat it's just a thought exercise at this point but the more likelihood that we could design a digital universe or a digital recreation of our universe the more and more likely that we are currently in a digital universe because it only takes one to start that and if it's a it, if it's an actual representation of the universe then you will have species that also become that intelligent and that will also make simulations so how deep does the rabbit hole go 
how deep how deep is the matrix is it a simulation of a simulation of a simulation so from a from a physics standpoint that's like it's a thought exercise but if it's a actual representative of the universe then you are more likely to be in a digital universe than you are a real universe yeah I, you could die here and then wake up in a room and they're like so you want to try again That'd be cool. Which universe do you want to go into? And they just have like a fucking dis- just a display full of different universes. Which one did you want to try? <laughs> because you're already in a simulation. And you just have a time limit because they're like, well, I mean, you don't, you don't want to spend all your time there. You do that one for a little while. You do this one for a little <laughs> while. So I'm the first one to sign up. I want to, and I would probably let time go by as normal, unless I'm going between planets at sublight speeds. Yeah, and then you're going to either do like cryogenic freezing or sleeping or whatever. Yeah. Right? So what do you think about, I mean, you talked about Neuralink. What, what is Neuralink and what kind of stuff is going so on? So the description that we get from Elon is that he w- thinks the most dangerous thing for human technology is ai so his he's not against ai he's like why don't you cybernetically enhance your brain so that you can compete against ai because he doesn't think that with our physical limitations that we will be able to compete with ai and i actually kind of agree with him with some of the stuff that we've talked about before with uh, quantum computing specifically once quantum computing becomes small enough to fit in, I'll say, the average household or in the palm of your hand, if that ever happens, we are instantly obsolete because that is a millions of times faster computing power than we currently have. So if we can design an AI, we are done as a species. But if you could cybernetically enhance your own self to keep up with that pace, of computational power, then you won't necessarily be done. You won't be left behind by the AI that we created. So Neuralink is that idea realized that AI is extremely scary and we should have something to compete against that. And they actually just had a news article come out with Neuralink where they put, they had a normal pig, they had a pig that had an had a uh, cybernetic implant into the brain put in and then taken out, and then a pig that actually had it, and there were signals coming off. It was a I wouldn't even call it a proof of concept, but it was a test for their some of their apparatus that they are designing and trying to. Uh, it's not even FDA approved, you know. This is like early, early stages of Neuralink, but that is the idea behind Neuralink, and they're doing it. Elon Musk, hail, all hail our great lord and savior, Elon Musk. You know what this makes me, you know what this reminds me of? What's that? Cyberpunk 2077. Body Dude. enhancements. Body enhancements. For, I'm, I'm the first to sign up. Maybe I shouldn't be the first to sign up because maybe... You don't want to be the first. <laughs> Let the desperate people be first. Uh. Well, well, I mean, what do you think about body enhancements? Would you do that? Oh, fuck yeah. Would you replace your arm with a cybernetic robot arm? Yeah. 
What about your 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 legs? My legs? Yeah. What if they made you fifty percent faster? Whoa. What do I need to be fifty percent faster is the first question. Would you care? Mm, maybe not. I I think I from a from a standpoint of a big guy that I am right now, uh I would want I, w- I would want a weight uh a physical uh how do I call it? Uh, I would want something to make me look like fucking Brad Pitt all the time. Not specifically Brad Pitt, but the physique of Brad Pitt all the time. And I'm not talking about like current uh current you're my awesome hot dad Brad Pitt. I'm talking like Fight Club Brad Pitt. Fight Club Brad Pitt was pretty awesome. Yeah. The only What's guy it? I'd ever go gay for. What's interesting is whether you would want to, and like I was talking about earlier with the difference between being an android or the difference between human gene editing is whether we have the options at the time, how far away the options are. If you can just, like you were saying, tell your body to turn all your fat into energy and let's get it and just naturally, well, semi-naturally make your body look like Brad Pitt, as you said, or... You're like, well, and you could even make the human body 50% stronger with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if we have those options, would we still choose the cybernetic enhancements? We'll have to see when we get there. The interesting yeah. stuff is my coworker, Matt, was talking about a different Matt. So uh, he was talking about, you know, if we get into a situation like this, it turns out landmines or landfills will, could end up being gold mines. For 3D printing. Like, hey. Yeah. There's infinite resources in these landfills that we've just been dumping crap in there forever. <laughs> and it's like, you could just run a 3D printer in there that's like a self-feeding 3D printer and just start cranking out robot body parts and all sorts of stuff. That's amazing. That could end up being extremely valuable. That's where we put tons of stuff that's actually useful. Yeah. All right. So what do you think... I think we're getting near the end. Yeah. What do you think about the social consequences of living forever? My big question or wait and see is, is it going to be limited to the rich, super rich, or is it going to be available for all? There are distinctly different answers and questions that I have depending on what it is. So let me just... Let me just pretend like it's pretty much available for all. One of the things that I worry about is resources. Yeah. We currently are not a spacefaring race. Uh, We could probably easily become a spacefaring race if we increase our life expectancies and our... But we still need consumables. We still need uh, to be able to live... If I want to go from here to Mars, I need to be able to survive from here to Mars. And and currently, we have not proven that we can do that. We, we're pretty sure that we could do that, but we have not been able to prove that. That's my one big, that's my first big thought. My question is, if it's available to everybody at the same time, which I expect for the most part it would be, do we have the resources to either get off the planet and expand exponentially which is what we will have to do to keep up with that resource because we'll just the 
there's 20 or 30,000 people that die in the United States every day of old age. That just stops for That's the most part. That's a lot of people that just stop. Well, so what's interesting is what do we use as punishment for misbehaving right now? Money. Um, they might they might fine you. That's time. But time doesn't matter. They might put you in jail for a certain amount of time, but time doesn't matter. So a lot of our punishments to keep people in line are based around taking time away from you. And that is not a factor anymore. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. And then you have to look at like a tyrant leader like Kim Jong-un from North Korea. What if that? What if he gets to live forever? Thousand years of dealing with his horse shit. Mm-hmm. He could be oppressing the whole place. What? And then in the beginning, especially in those uh, poorer countries, you have to worry about the rich there will hoard it. And I mean, even in the U.S., the rich are going to be the first to get it, right? Just by being born in the United States, we already won the genetic lottery. We did. So. Yeah. The likelihood of if something like that were to happen and us survive long enough to get it, we're probably going to be able to get it at some point. That's just, uh, we already won from. Here's the funny thing. It just, it all depends about how much it costs, right? Like you were talking about just efficiency and how much it costs and resource. What? So my coworker brought up, what if you just genetically altered a breed of mosquito that had a gene editing tool attached to it? And you just let it go. Yeah. You uh, poor like a poor country like North Korea, they wouldn't be able to stop it. Mm-hmm. It, your mosquito would spread out. It would give everyone extended lives, and they wouldn't be able to do anything about it. What they could do is decide that you have a max lifespan. Mm-hmm. What happens if you have governments enforcing generational cleaning, cleansing? Logan's Run. That reminds me. Logan's, of Logan's Run. Run. Yeah, you live too long. You it it's not about whether you could live longer. It's that you've lived X amount of time, so you're done. Yeah, and it it raises a question: What happens if what happens to the younger generation if the older generation continues to work mm-hmm. and they out experience or they have way more experience, way more technical skill than a kid that's sixteen? So the older generation hoards the jobs. Mm-hmm. And the younger generation tends to push social progress and innovation. So some of that just stops or it slows. It slows, yeah, for sure. And so that there are reasons why generational cleansing would happen. Although, since most governments are run by old-ass people, they're probably not going to be a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we tend, as a species, to... Revere our elderly. <laughs> That's true. Like their experience, and and it takes it takes you to about till you're 25 to understand that. But once you hit about that age, you're like, yeah, that 50 year old fucker that I ignored for a while, he was right. God yeah. dang it! Turns out he knew stuff. <laughs> Turns out he knew stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of questions. You've pretty much covered that. You would want to live forever. Yeah, there's not even a question. I just think that uh, I agree, because I, I really want to explore like other planets and mm-hmm. see that. So I'm very, very interested in that. And I'm excited about virtual reality pushing us into the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. 
I currently would like to extend life. Whether I want to live forever, that is a much harder question because who knows what you'll want. Like we talked about, when you start losing your memories over thousands of years, who you are in a thousand years is going to be completely different from who you are now. Mm -hmm. So your motivations could change. So currently, I'll, I'll live longer and then see how it goes. All right. I'm going to close us out and then we can talk about some random thing that we want to talk about. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to the PX3. You can find us on all your major podcast platforms, Patreon, Facebook, Nerd On, folks. What I wanted to talk about is my e-bike and some Let's of the good it. and some of the bad. So I'll talk about the good first. I am going to hit 350 miles tomorrow. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's been like a month. Yeah. I had my first like 20-mile ride. And with the e-bike, and this is some of the bad, with the e-bike, you say, oh, I went 20 miles. Well, you didn't actually go 20 miles you bastard okay you what amount of effort did you actually put forth like so i did my 20 mile ride on saturday which i think i'm going to do every saturday because i felt really freaking good afterwards yep so i had minimal assist 10 miles out and then maximum assist back so my minimal assist was probably around like at eight miles worth of effort and then my 10 miles back Maybe one mile worth of effort. <laughs> nice. Yeah, whatever. So it's better. At least you have the option. I remember the first long run I ever or long bike ride I ever did. Uh, Steve and I went way out, mm-hmm. and it turns out we were with the wind, and it was slightly downhill, all the way out, twenty five miles. Yeah. And then we turned around against the wind, slight oh, uphill, and it and we were already tired, and uh-huh. it was brutal. I remember calling Jr. and being like, "You better have pizza." At the house <laughs> in a half an hour, or I will kill you. <laughs> so at least you have the option of having assist. So I could actually turn the assist completely off, and I haven't done that very often. I like the the minimal assist is about 50 to 80 watts max that it helps you. So it's like... Instead of going 10 miles an hour down a road, you're going 13 miles down down the road. That's about what it comes out to. That's with the minimum assist. Whereas the maximum assist is it goes all the way up to 750 watts and will keep you at 20 miles an hour the whole time, no matter what. Heck yeah, much. that's awesome. So I haven't been doing zero assist very often, but I have been doing the minimal assist. I almost always, coming back home from work, I have minimal assist, except for days like today where I want to be on time or and it was freaking raining or days where I just feel like shit and I just want to get home. And so I'll usually give it the standard assist, which is about 450 watts, which still usually keeps me at 20 miles an hour, but it's a little bit harder to do so. 
but that's that's what I I, I really enjoy enjoying my bike and the some of the bad is that you have some of the good things of biking to work is that you don't have an option to not pedal back where now I have that option and so the if I were to just have a regular bike and I was biking to and from work my level of fitness would increase more rapidly but there are just some days where I could be at work for 14 fucking hours and I do not want anything to do with biking to work. Well, here's my counterpoint to that. Okay. Because you have the assist, you're more likely to ride your bike. Yes. I also completely agree. Like this morning, if I didn't have an electric bike this morning, I wouldn't have rode. Exactly. And so, yes, it's a crutch, but it also is incentive. And so you may end up being, especially because staying physical, especially when you're not used to it, is you just, if you think about it, it's just a lot of effort and it's easy to talk yourself out of it. But in this case, you always have like, well, I can always just cheat on my way home and that'll at least get you riding your bike to work. That's better than nothing. And the ride into work is like the highlight of my day right now. Yeah, Exactly. So, I don't I mean, wear it, headphones or anything. I just put my helmet on and I ride next to the river. It's really, it's it's the highlight of my day is my ride into work. Yeah. You're going to bundle up for the winter? Yeah. I yes. already, I was asked that today, whether I'm going to ride it during winter. I already told him yes. Unless it's snowing or raining. That's like my caveat is if it's snowing or raining, when I leave for work, I'm not going to ride because that's just stupid. Can you get sweet spike tires? I could get sweet spikes t- spike tires, I think. But I don't know. Yeah, I would not do it if it feels I have, at all. I have rain gear that I keep at work in case I have to come home in a rainstorm. So I, it just stays at work on my desk. And nice. I haven't had to use it yet. And I figure I'll lug it back to work the next day if I have to. And I have this sweet like rack that I have my my backpack and I mount it on there. I thought you had to use it once. Didn't you like I have your... I did use it one time, but it didn't, didn't freaking rain. rain. Yeah, and you're just looking like Big Bird riding <laughs> yes. up the street. Yes, I was Big Bird, baby. It's freaking awesome. All right. Well, I have to go to work. Okay. So, it's been fun. This is a good episode. I'll talk I to agree. you later. All right, talk to you later, man. Yeah, bye. Bye bye.